Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We'll talk to Howard Beck. Coming up here momentarily, our good friend from Sports Illustrated will get his thoughts on what's going on with the Jazz and what's going on around the rest of the league. Leola uh, is up 11 on Georgia Tech with two minutes to go, 67-56. Not, not looking good for my yellow jacket pick there. Oh, too bad. You went with Sister Jean. I did. Well, they are the higher seed, so we shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I did pick some upsets mixed in there. The problem when you do that is that there's going to be some, but it's easy to pick the wrong ones, and then you're all messed up. Nah, the the first round doesn't uh, doesn't matter like that. You just have to get the got to get the uh, your your elite eight, final four, and all that correct. <laughs> that does help, but uh, we'll see. Uh, a little bit of a rough start here to this tournament. Uh, crazy games going on. Well, that's what makes it good. Uh, yeah, that's the whole idea, right? All right, let's uh, get to it. It's time for your daily assist. Uh, Austin, hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist, featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Howard Beck. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. That's right, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated. He's our friend Howard Beck. Howard, happy Friday. Good afternoon, guys. How are you? We're doing great. Uh, I know we we probably ask you this every year, and uh, you're so dialed in on the NBA, but do you allow yourself to enjoy March Madness at all? Uh, I don't really watch college basketball. I mean, I will tune in a game here and there to check out guys that are being talked about as lottery picks because it's my job to at least be aware of them but there's only so many hours in the week there's a ton of nba to watch and no i just and also by the way the college game blows so i don't need to waste my time (laughs) well said it does man most of it is pretty hard to watch yeah i don't i don't want to hear anybody rhapsodizing about like the beauty of the college game and it's pure and they're not what i like give me a break like it's 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 big business uh, the only people not making money are the players. So if you want to say there's some kind of purity of competition because they're not being compensated, great. You're endorsing them uh, creating billions for other people um, while they go about, uh, you know, trying to avoid COVID this year. Um, yeah, I, I, even in a normal year, I, I don't have much interest in, in the college game, except to the extent that some of these guys will end up being NBA players. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll learn them when, when the time comes. But in the meantime, yeah, I don't. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about the college, the college it's, game. Howard, it's so interesting that the pro game is purer than the college game, and uh, not that anything's all that pure, but the college game is exactly as you describe it. However, my partner is a huge champion of uh, 
of easy labor that doesn't get paid uh, and, and the glory of it, right, Jake? I, I don't yeah. uh, believe being a college athlete is quite the burden that uh, a lot of people say. So, uh, But uh, I will agree with Howard, you on Howard, the, on Howard, the Howard, 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 I got I got to get Howard to talk some sense into you, Jake, because you won't listen to or me. Or we can talk about the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't think we need to get into a knockdown dragout fight about no. this on a Friday afternoon. I, it sounds like you guys are. Sounds like you guys have, have gone over this one a few times. I'll, 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 I'll leave that for you. Thank you. Howard. A few thousand times. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has happened. Uh, Howard, tough loss. Uh, for the Utah Jazz, losing to Washington, a really, really lackluster performance. I mean, so many things uh, went wrong in that game. So I guess I'll give you two choices. What do you think? Are you going to talk Jazz fans off the ledge or tell them to go ahead and jump? No, I talk off the ledge. I mean, look, you guys know me. Like, I, I, you know, whether it's about the team that is near and dear to your hearts or whether it's about, you know, the Lakers last year at some point or the Warriors a couple of years ago, the Heat at certain times, when – Really talented, really good teams go through some kind of unexpected slide in the middle of the season. We we all overreact, or we react, and in many cases overreact, because, uh, one, we all need something to talk about, and two, um, it, it, it's the shock of seeing a really good team, you know, stumble uh, at an inopportune time. But every team, even the best teams, unless you're like the 73-9 and nine Warriors or the 72 72- and 10 bulls from back in the day, even the best teams are going to go through some little period where they lose, you know, five out of eight, which is, I think what the jazz are in right now. It happens. Um, I think the only thing for the jazz that you could say, well, maybe it rises to more alarming than if it were say the, you know, LeBron's team or the Sixers or something else. Like, well, there's no major injury for one. And two, the Jazz are a team that people have suspicions about anyway. Are they really as good as their record? Are they really going to be good enough to knock off the big teams when playoffs come, all that stuff? And so when they slip a little, you think, uh, wait, is this it? Is this the regression to the mean that everybody was waiting for? Is this the, the you know, the, uh, the, the, you know the, the real indication of where they are, that maybe they were playing over their heads? Like, that's going to happen a little bit. But, you know, we're also at that time of season where everybody just came back from the All-Star break, and this is a normal time of year where where teams kind of, you know, start to drag a little bit. Um, it's hard to, to – It's we're, we're in mid-March, so calling them mid-March the dog days is strange. But in a normal year at this stage of the season, we'd be in, you know, in February. And it is the dog days. And you're not quite to the point where you've turned the corner to, to get close to the playoffs where that motivates teams. Um I don't know exactly what's going on. I looked at, at the last eight games just as a quick reference point. Um, with compared to the rest of the league. And the good news is the Jazz's offense, the, all the three-point shooting and both in terms of volume and, and accuracy is still where it was. Their offensive rating is still top 10. Their defense has just taken a big dive in the last eight games. And defense being so much about, you know, uh, your, your energy level and consistency and playing, you know, on a string and, and, you know, backing each other up, that's the kind of thing where if you are dragging a little bit, you know that that you know a little bit of, of defensive wane can you know can hurt you really quickly in this league. And as good as their offense has been, it's it's not enough to overcome. You know they they have to be perfect on offense, and you know and their their defense is their backbone as as we know. So a little bit of slippage on the defensive side is, is going to hurt them even more because they don't have you know a ton of offensive weapons. 
In all your time covering the NBA, uh, Howard, when you see a quality team go through these kinds of things, how long does it usually last? <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's that's really hard to, to know. I mean, um, it, if this is just a blip, as I suspect it is, they'll work their way out of it over the next week or so. The other thing, by the way, though, is like just, I mean, looking at who they've been playing, you know, they lose to the Heat. The Heat are really good again. You know, they got their stuff back together. Jimmy Butler's back. They've been great. Like, like that's no shame in losing to the Heat. The Pelicans have had a rough season, but they're starting to pull it together recently. The Sixers are a really good team, and that was an overtime loss and one that was obviously, you know, in the Jazz's eyes, marred by, you know, some calls and other stuff. Um, lost to the Warriors, who have actually been pretty competitive, and they lost to the Wizards, who are, are having some sort of resurgence recently. And, uh, you know, like, I'm not looking at any one of these and saying – Oh boy! Like there's an indictment. Uh, you know, there's there's a reason to you know start to seriously. Where I I don't we're not there yet. Um, let's see what happens as they as they finish up this road trip, and you know as they get home and, and see if things even out a little bit. Um, I think they're probably fine. Rudy Gobert had some pretty strong words after the game last night, and he he said a few things. He said they haven't won anything yet. Seemed to imply maybe they buying into their own headlines a little bit. Do you see that a lot in the NBA? Yes. Um, <laughs> I think that happens. I think it, no, I, I, I absolutely think it happens. Um, and it's interesting. Like I, I find myself in this position of, 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 you know, being tempted into psychoanalyzing them again, which I guess I'm going to do, but remember right before the break. Um, and I came on, that was, I think the day after the, you know, the, you know, all the fiasco. Well, this was yeah. both the refereeing in that Sixer game and then the all-star draft. And I said, if these guys are talking this much about lack of respect and, you know, small market and, and having this, this, you know, that small market complex where everybody's, you know, out to get us and that, like that, that can seep in. And I, I don't think that's a healthy mindset. Now you can turn it the other way and channel it and put a chip on your shoulder and, and say, you know, where it's all about us versus the world. And that can work too. But if you're letting it get under your, your skin or you're letting it get too deep in your psyche about, well, nothing we can do matters. Nothing we, nothing we do is going to help that, that, that can come off as defeatist potentially. Um, is that is that manifesting now as they're struggling? I mean, I, you know, that's that's taking a, a leap too far, probably. Um, but you start to wonder, and then Rudy, you know, coming back the other way and saying, you know, maybe we're just bought, bought into our own hype. And we haven't proven anything yet. I mean, the healthy part of that is 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 saying that rather than saying we're great and nobody respects us despite the fact that we're great. I would, I think it's better to be saying. We, yeah, we haven't proven anything yet, and we shouldn't buy our own hype, and we got to keep scrapping as if we're, you know, the underdog every night. Like, that's a healthier way to, to, to look at it, and they should, because he's right. In the end, they haven't proven anything. They haven't won anything. So, Howard, we ask you to uh, be a psychologist. Let me ask you now to be a psychologist slash physician. When, uh, when your team is sort of lurching a little bit, and uh, they had a nice win against Boston the other night, but... Uh, when your team is, is struggling and you take a player like Mike Conley and put him on the bench because it's a back-to-back, they play again tonight, it, what's the benefit of that? Obviously, physical benefit of keeping him healthy and whatnot, but is there a psychological message that's sent to the team like, okay, if we had to have this game tonight, he'd be playing, but he's not playing, so that has some sort of drag on the whole team? What do you think of that? 
I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, you obviously you do it for physical reasons, right? This is this is about you know load management and you know veteran preservation, Mike Conley preservation, right? You you want to keep him uh, healthy and, and fresh for the playoffs. He's really important to that team. I, I mean, if there's an added psychological aspect of it, where like if if you're winning without him. You know, you're feeling pretty good about what you can do without a key player. Um, if you're losing without him, I'm not sure what you know. I'm not sure what that effect is. Um, it's it's you know to the rest of us is just underscoring his importance. I do think that the Jazz overall are kind of um, you know the, the 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 ensemble cast kind of approach where every piece matters. And if you pull any one of them, you, you're pulling the thread on a sweater, and it, it can unravel pretty quickly. Like they're all all the pieces matter, as they said in the wire. Um, and so I, I don't think that they have much room for error when it comes to their key rotation guys, especially, you know, a player like Conley who's top three for them. Howard Beck is with us uh, here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Howard, the Jazz have the Raptors tonight. And the Raptors at 17 and 23, I, I you know, I think uh, that's a little lower than most predicted. How much of that has to do with them playing all their games in Tampa Bay and not really having a home? Yeah, there's a fun psychological and, and logistical question. I don't know about the location. Like, the location can't – it can't have no impact. The entire team, its entire operation has been relocated, you know, what, however many miles that is, you know, a couple thousand. Um, and so you're, you're, you're detached from, from home for an entire season, you know, not just, oh, hey, you've got to travel a lot in the course of the NBA season. Like, no, you're spending your entire season on the road. So – you throw that in the mix along with all the other weirdness of this season. Plus, they've had injury issues. They've had COVID issues. They've had you know contact tracing issues that have taken guys away. They've just you know it's been really choppy for them. And so I don't know how much of it is about playing in Tampa instead of Toronto. I do think that they've just had a bunch of stuff thrown at them, and I think they've been a little bit better lately. Um, I, I mean, I still think they're going to make the playoffs. Like I, I'm. I'm stubborn believer in Toronto. Now, if they decide to be sellers at the deadline coming up next week, and especially if they decide to flip Kyle Lowry, maybe all bets are off at that point because it will indicate that they're that they're taking, you know, the one step back to go two steps forward later. And that could happen. But um and and who knows? Maybe they go the other direction. Maybe they say, no, no, we're keeping Lowry and in fact we're actually going to trade for reinforcements because we want to we you know we absolutely want to be in the mix still. Um but the you know the East after the first three, four teams is just a sea of mediocrity. So uh, the Raptors have every opportunity to get back in, and I think they will. I'll tell you one guy who isn't mediocre, and we got a good look at him last night, was Bradley Beal Howard. Do you think he'll finish his career with the Wizards? Uh, What's motivating him to want to stay if that's what he does? Is it all about the money? No, because in this league you can – make a fabulous amount of money no matter where you are yes there's always the incentive to stay with your team you can make more if you stay with your team through bird rights that's the way the system is set up but you get a certain number of years in the league and bradley beal is certainly there and when you've already made 80 90 100 million 150 whatever at a certain point you know quote unquote sacrificing the, your bird rights you know leaving 20 or 30 million on, on the table yeah you're you're still walking away with a lot um, and we've seen it over and over where guys have done it. So I don't think it's about that at all. I, I think Bradley Beal, like Dame Lillard, like Giannis, like some others, even in this modern era of, of so much player movement, some of them really feel like, you know what, I've put down roots here. 
I like where I am. I believe in this team, and I want to win here. I don't want to form a super team. I don't want to go somewhere else. I don't want to uproot my family. And so Bradley Beal has said this so many times that I think we all should just take it, you know, take his word for it at this point. Bradley Beal wants to be a Washington Wizard and finish his career there. And by saying it over and over, implicit in that is I believe in this franchise and that they can get me where I want to go. So I, I do take that at face value. But I also think that the clock is ticking. It's always ticking in this league. And I think that, you know, clearly they're not in a position to they're – no, they're nowhere near contention. They're barely even, you know, in their chase for the, the play-in game right now. And I do think that for most players – and I think Beal is part of this, is, is is among them, like who really, really want to win. I, I, Bradley Beal has great professional pride. He wants to win badly. At some point, there's going to come a day where you realize or you you conclude, I can't do it here. I can't win here. And I'm not saying that that day has come, and I'm not saying that the Wizards can't. But I wouldn't blame him if he woke up tomorrow or this summer and said, "All right, you know, I, I gave it my best shot. I, I, I you know, I tried loyalty. I want to be here." But I also really want to win, and um, there's only so many years left of, of, of being in my prime. Maybe it's time to, to go somewhere else. So I, I, if I had to guess right now, based on where they are and where that team has been, I would say more likely he finishes career somewhere else. But only Bradley Beal knows that for sure. Howard, my favorite game to play is Would You Rather. So I've got a Would You Rather for you, okay? <laughs> Away. All right. Let me give you a little background. Um, you, you, and this has to do a little bit with college basketball, but the University of Utah fired Larry Kraskoviak and uh, is looking for a new head coach. A popular uh, candidate amongst Utes fans is Alex Jensen, who is the lead assistant for the Jazz under Quinn Snyder, as you know. Another popular candidate is Johnny Bryant, who's also a, a Ute graduate, and he is the lead assistant for Tom Thibodeau there in New York, as you know. So here's my would you rather for you. If you are a lead assistant like those two guys in the NBA and maybe not far from an NBA head coaching job. I don't know. Alex Jensen is interviewed a couple of times, hasn't gotten it yet, but, you know, uh, could possibly be a candidate going forward. Would you rather stay an assistant in the NBA and bide your time a little bit longer or go back to college and take a head coaching job like at Utah? Oh, boy. That's an interesting one. I mean, I, I think that's probably a pretty complex decision for these guys because as we talk about with free agent players, you know, some of this comes down to where do you want to live? What, what kind of lifestyle do you want to have? Um, the money can be great in both cases. Head coach at a college program can, can make pretty good money. A head coach in the NBA can make really, really good money. The uh, job security at college, I think, is probably better. Like the average NBA coaching tenure is a couple of years, but you get fired and you still get paid. Uh, you know, so there's there's always that. Um, I don't know. I, that that I mean that that's a really tough one. Uh, yeah, the, there's always more prestige at the NBA level. The pay is usually better depending on where you are, and you don't have to recruit. Like I think that the toughest part of of being a college coach, running a college coach or, or a college program, being as as head coach, the recruiting the nonstop recruiting and then all the nonsense that goes with that. And if people don't think that that nonsense is going on everywhere, like don't delude yourself. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Like college basketball is as corrupt as it gets. And you have to, to, uh, you know, basically make peace with that, that to, to, to win these, these recruiting wars, we're going to have to get in the muck a little bit. 
And so, you know, at the NBA level, you don't have to worry about it. And it's not your job to recruit anybody. Um, you know, the GM does that. So it's a little bit cleaner. What a headache paying all those bag men for you, you know? I mean, it's just uh, it's a big-time headache. Larry was making upwards of nearly $4 million a year. He had a really nice contract. What do you think? That's now, be- put- and that's better, than some, that's better than some NBA head coaches, by the way. Yeah, what do you, th- what do you think the average NBA head coach salary is? I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but what would you guess, ballpark? Yeah, I haven't checked in on that recently. I mean, I, there was a time when, you know, it was like, you know, two, two and a half. Um, but it's it's really gone up the last few years. Um, my guess is it's is the average is probably somewhere more in the three to four range now. Hmm. You know, it used to be that like five or six was, was, was a really big number for an NBA head coach. But I think there are a lot of guys in that range now. Um, I, I, but I, I am I am guessing off the top of my head right now. It's not something I've, I've you know, tried to get a, a gauge on recently. One other thing real quick I wanted to throw in there. We had this conversation with your good friend Chris Mannix uh, the other day when we had him on, and it's it's this. Uh, we were talking about how Chuck Daly uh, really was saying way back in the day how much how much more difficult it is to be an NBA coach from a strategic standpoint than a college coach. Obviously, college coaches have the recruiting that you were talking about and all that other stuff. But uh, I remember that when Chuck said that publicly, Dean Smith came to him and said, man, you were kind of rough on us, you know, saying how much uh, more talent, talented you have to be as a coach in the NBA than in college. Would you agree with that? Do you think it's a, it's a, a more challenging situation as far as basketball knowledge in the NBA than in the college game? That's a really, really good, really interesting question. I, I think uh, I'd, I'd like to hear Brad Stevens and some of these guys who have been on both sides of the divide weigh in. I could only guess. I mean, uh, this might be too reductive, uh, but I got to think it's harder in the NBA for no other reason than every night you're trying to game plan against a James Harden or a Harden with Kyrie and KD or LeBron and Anthony Davis or, you know, Steph and Clay and I, like. I, I think the mere fact – forget the, the, the complexity of schemes or the X's and O's and actually how you counter a certain kind of offense and all that. I just think that when you're dealing with the best players in the world um, and some of, the, some of the best in history, I, I, I got to think that that is automatically harder to game plan for. Um, and in theory, the coach that you're game planning against – because there's only 30 NBA jobs and these should be among the best coaches and coaching minds in the, in the world that that feeds into it too. So that's my guess, but um, I wouldn't be surprised when to find out maybe I'm wrong. If, if college coaches say, no, listen, here's, here's what it really comes down to. And it's maybe something I have not considered, but I, I, I like I say, Brad Stevens or, or those who have, who have coached on both sides of the divide, I think um, that would be a very interesting question for them. Howard, thank you very much for dropping by. As always, we'll catch you next week. Always a pleasure, fellas. Talk to you then. Thanks, Howard. Howard Beck, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, and he jumps on with us every single Friday. Jake, he brought brought up Brad Stevens there. There's uh, rumors out there that Brad uh, has uh, 
offered to resign or threatened to resign a couple times and that uh, he really does have interest in that Indiana job. Do you think that's all just a bunch of BS? Well, I don't know if you've been seeing this because it just happened a few minutes ago, but uh, to say that he denied that would be putting it mildly. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad that got straightened uh, out. He put an end to that uh, pretty decisively if you uh, look through his, his comments. He even referenced himself as a native uh, or, or, or a Massachusetts guy using a word that we can't on the radio. Mm-hmm. So he, that was never a thing, according to Brad Stevens. Did the, did the word start with mass? It did. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, it sounds like he's staying in Boston. He even called himself a Patriots fan. Did that have anything to do with digging a hole? Yeah, we got you, Gordon. I think, I think everybody knew what we were talking about. All right, I guess you have a couple uh, other items on the list to knock off coming up next. Uh Uh, You want to give us a tease? Oh, it's just all over the map. Uh, It's got I got some football stuff here we we need to get to, and uh, (laughs) there's there's one thing in particular. All I can say is you and I brushed up against it the other day but we've got to finish it coming up next all right we'll we get will. we'll get to that straight ahead stay tuned it is the big show 97.5 and 1280 the zone slow mo joe the joe ingles show with dj and pk some of these guys probably have a lot to say about March Madness. Is there a lot about that going back and forth on the team or no? There hasn't been too much yet, but I'm sure it'll heat up once it gets going. I'm on the Baylor Bears this year. I assume this is Royce, right? Royce got you going? Lindsay? Well, yeah, Dennis. That's the one reason I didn't want to support them because of Dennis, so I could argue with Dennis about something. Baylor was actually one of the schools, if not the closest schools, if I went to college, I was going to go to. Scott Drew, who is still the coach now, was recruiting me. So yeah, I'm just like, screw it. I'll just be on the Baylor Bears this year. So I'm on Royce's team this year. You saw a light shining from the West Coast. Take you away, take you away from me. You found a love high up in the mountains. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, don't look now, but the Beavs look like they're going to hold on and upset Tennessee, a 12 over a 5. They lead 64 to 50 with 2 minutes and 40 seconds left to go in the game. Get hot at the right time, and it doesn't matter what you did earlier in the year, I guess. In college basketball, that is 100% true. Uh The Beavs win the Pac-12 tourney, get in, and uh, it looks like they're going to take down a 5 seed. Good for them. Uh, all right, Gordo. We we didn't get uh, through the list earlier today. Let's uh, let's see if we can't do that. Okay. Uh, let me start with this goofy story out of Kentucky. Apparently, players on Meade County High School's baseball team have been warned: cut your mullet, or you're going to be benched. Apparently, uh, coaches or district representatives received a complaint from a player's parent. Uh, about uh, about the deal. Um, Meade County Superintendent Mark Martin issued the following statement saying 
the written rules for the Meade County baseball team during the season state that the players' hair will be above the ears and no long hair on the neck. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Because a parent complained? Wait, what, what? Maybe the parent, hold on, maybe the parent complained about the, the, the rule. Um, well, let me see here. According to the parent, several players on the team are sporting the mullet hairstyle, and the coaches recently announced that they have until March 28th to cut their hair. <laughs> Quote, they just said their hair had to be cleaned up, trimmed up, and presentable, the parent told a television station back in Kentucky. I don't care. Uh, I mean, who who has a rule like that? It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. BYU. We live in America, don't we? Somebody wants to wear their hair a little different. Than, uh, this this just does not make sense to me. It, it's just crazy. And I've always had a problem with BYU's grooming standard down there. It's just, it's just silly. It's outdated. It's just silly. What's the matter with a high school baseball player wearing his hair a little longer if that's what he wants to do? Whose business is that other than the kid himself and his parents? I didn't know the mullet was so offensive. So the parent did complain, and that's what brought this on? I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what it was, but the rule is there, and now they're going to enforce the rule. I just, I just, that makes no sense to me. What difference does that make? What difference does that make? I mean, you want to look at it religiously? What's that got to do with what's in a person's heart? You know, you want to look at it from just having a rule for a school district? What, what, what difference does it make whether someone's wearing a mullet or not? It's not my favorite hairdo. But if somebody wants to wear that, what's the matter? What, what are you afraid of? That's crazy to me. All right, Jake, the, uh, the Washington Get foot- a haircut and get a real job. The Washington football team is apparently closer to getting a, a, a name. Uh, I saw a story that said that was coming sooner than you think. Now, you guys really hammered me for liking the Wiz, uh, the Washington Wiz. You didn't like that. Um, I got to tell you, I kind of just like football team, the Washington football team. How about you just leave it like that? Just go with football team? Yeah. <laughs> WFT. Uh, yeah. Hopefully they haven't hired a marketing firm, and that's their answer, too. WFT is better than WTF, right? Yeah, I walked right <laughs> uh, into that. I mean, Washington football team. It's unique. What's the matter? I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of cool. No? It's so dumb. I, I don't know. Just do better than Wizards, which is not a, <laughs> a hard – that's not a high bar. Is Washington so. football team better than Wizards? Because I think Wizards is somehow better than Washington football team. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess A for uniqueness, I suppose. But, yeah, it's not really ringing my bell, no. It's like naming your dog. Dog, come on. Think of something. Have some creative bone in your body. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, I can see both sides of it. If you can come up with a really cool name. But those names you guys were suggesting the other day to replace the Wizards, what were they again? The Warthogs or something? Uh, the Washington Whirlpools, and then you've got a built-in sponsorship there. Yeah, really anything would be better than Wizards. <laughs> but you like the alliteration there. You Not like that. really. The no. Washington Whales. Or how about just Washington? 
Actually, the Washington basketball team would be better probably than the Wizards. <laughs> the Washington washing machines from Whirlpool. There. I like that better. You didn't like the Washington swamp creatures. Uh, no. I, was that a play on politics? It was. Yeah, I missed that was. yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of was. All right. Uh, did you hear about this French tennis player, guys, who tanks matches? Mm-hmm. There was a story about that going around today. Apparently, his name is uh, Austin. You're the you're the one who speaks French. B e n o i t. Is that Benoit or Benoit? That would be David Benoit. So, <laughs> Benoit, and his yeah. last name is P a i r e. P a i r e. P a i r e. How would you say that? Benoit Perret. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Apparently, he's just going from tournament to tournament and losing right away tanking matches doesn't practice at all and he just picks up his checks i guess are they i guess they're appearance fees or something right along his way and just leaves and gets out of there Uh, this is troubling to me right and he's admitting it he's saying i don't care whether i win or not it's better if i lose well he's probably not going to get invited to those tournaments much longer i would guess well, he's being very open about it. Do you think that goes on? Because, you know, a lot of the big name, bigger name tennis players uh, or or maybe golfers, I don't know, in some cases, these appearance fees, they are giant. You know, if, if Roger Federer is going to show up at your tournament, he's walking away a lot richer by just showing up, not even having to win anything. Well, most, is, that, is that a bastardization of the competition? No, but uh, don't most tournaments, the, it's not really who you are is the prize money, right? It's how far you make it. Well, I mean, but if you're getting a huge appearance fee before I don't you think even swing a racket uh, once. Are they getting appearance fees? I guess that's oh, what I'm asking. Oh, yeah, they are. On the, yeah. At the majors? So, so Roger Federer gets money to show up at the U.S. Open? No, I don't know about the. I don't know about or, the. Or or on the events. tour, on the ATP tour, he's getting he's getting additional money to show up at these tournaments, like the I Indian Hills I, tournament. I don't think uh, so. Check that out, Austin. We do me a favor and we Google that. I, I will. I, but I, I yeah. think I think they are getting big appearance money. Maybe not at the majors. Maybe not at those grand slam events but at many but many at centerville city's liberty day celebration <laughs> yeah. yeah well yeah you you show but up they can like get a, up to a, they can a, get up to a million dollars just for showing up maybe at your just like an appearance fee like at, at like the the county fair yeah but you know, like if you're going to play on an atp tournament stop i don't think you get money for showing up mm. well you uh, do but he doesn't you don't get more based on who you are i don't think so Maybe, I guess. I've never heard of that before. Okay. That's we'll certainly not the case in golf. We'll look into that and see. Uh, so you're saying if, if Tiger would have played at Sawgrass, what was that, last week, two weeks ago, you say he got money for showing up to that tournament? I, I don't know if he does or he doesn't. I was under the impression that tennis players were at many uh, tournaments do do get appearance fees. Like uh, Hoffa gets appearance fees for just showing up. That, that's what I read. And if I read it online, it must be true, right? Uh, it says what I can find so far. Uh, pro tennis players can and do uh, charge for showing up to a small tournament. I haven't seen anything about majors or anything like that. No, I don't think it would be true for the for the Grand Slam events. 
But I, I know there are many tournaments that, that, at least that's what I'd been told and that's what I'd read. So, anyway. All right, so I just have a couple more things, really. The first one is, did you see that the Clippers are supposedly interested in Lonzo Ball? Uh, they need a point guard. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see. If they see can't find one goes. of those, Lonzo, I guess, would be fine. <laughs> well, they just need somebody who can dribble and pass. <laughs> uh, Paul and uh, Paul George and Kawhi will gladly suck up all the shots. I see. <laughs> so maybe he's perfect. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, apparently LeVar wants his son out of uh, New Orleans because they're not letting him make enough plays there. Yeah, yeah. the, the New Orleans is the problem. Mm-hmm. So I'll be interested to see because he's really played well this year. I think he's averaging like 14, 15 points a game and a bunch of assists. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's a better player than I thought he He has been this year a better player than I thought he would be. Oregon State, 30 seconds to go up on uh, Tennessee, 69-56. So, yes, the Beavs are going to move on. Speaking of that, one last thing. Did you guys, uh, we talked about this a while back that I remember uh, teachers in like the sixth grade allowing us to interrupt our day of education by watching baseball playoff games. Do teachers allow their students to watch NCAA tournament games in class? Mine did. Mine didn't let us watch anything. Like really? 9-11, no TV, even then. So Depends. Does every does every classroom have a TV in it? I imagine maybe it does. But uh, the, 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 I always thought that was kind of cool that teachers would let us do that. But I was a big sports fan when I was a kid. <clears throat> maybe some kids don't care. I thought it was really kind of – it's one of those deals where I had some strict teachers – who would allow that, and it, it, it made them more human to us. And so then when they would try and teach us something, we seemed to be more willing to learn as opposed to somebody that, you know, the big game is on and you want to see what's going on. But no, 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 Austin, it sounds like you uh, you were told no. Yeah, we uh, the first time I watched NCAA in class was in college. See, I, I'm, I'm just – struggling to come along with that Gordon had TVs in his classroom as a kid because I picture it like, you know, have you seen the movie Sea Biscuit where everybody's gathered around the radio to hear the call? That's yeah, that's one more, radio in town. Yeah, by the one way. radio in town and everybody's gathered around. Go, go, Sea uh, Biscuit, go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it was it was a lot of fun watching Bob Feller pitch. You know, I mean, I had a good time doing that, and I think Christy Matheson and whatnot. Uh, Christy, you were not alive at Christy Matthewson. Were you? I think that's the joke. Oh. I got it, Gordon. Okay. Didn't he play in like 1884 or whatever? <laughs> With Mordecai Three Finger Brown. <laughs> All right. We'll get to uh, more coming up next. Stay tuned. Want to remind you uh, about our friends as I get this up, at uh, Davis Vision, uh, giving you 1,000 reasons to get rid of those contacts or glasses. That's $1,000 off LASIK. Start your road to better vision at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'm not that old. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and uh, 1280 The Zone. Pac-12 looks a little better so far on the tourney, Gordon. UCLA uh, uh, up, well, I guess upset. Upsets Michigan State last night, and uh, the Beavs just upset Tennessee. How about that? Pac-12 is undefeated. That, uh, when UCLA won, I thought, man, that's that's nice for the Pac-12, and now you have these other uh, substantiations. So, yeah, good for them. So uh, you told us you did pick BYU, so you've got BYU beating UCLA coming up tomorrow? I do. Mm-hmm. How far did you have the Cougs going? Just that. And then losing to Texas? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's who they have in the second round, right? I believe yeah, so. I, I would have it in front of me. Uh, well, I would, but uh, our That's That is true. They would play BYU if BYU wins. Yeah. I see. Uh, I uh, did we talk about this earlier, Gordon? Did you see the videos that uh, BYU basketball threw out there from yesterday? I did not. Oh, you did not uh, see the player get stuck in the elevator and then see the the <laughs> intros for the COVID tests? No, wow. I didn't. Do yourself a favor, go look that up. That's been a, it went viral uh, last night. So he got stuck in the elevator. Did he have to pry the doors apart and climb out? Uh, oh, know, I shouldn't uh, have brought this up. That's that I don't know why you did. Total mistake. Uh, should we get to the not sports report? Let's let's sure. go ahead and do that. It's time for the not sports report. Brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Uh, over one thousand used vehicles in inventory. Check them out lhmusedcars.com. Where are we going today? I got two stories today. The first one is. A woman who took her dog into a groomer, and she had this really hairy dog, and she took it in to have it groomed. And when she came to pick up the dog, uh, the dog looked completely different than the dog that she dropped off. And she she was afraid that they returned the wrong dog to her. Have you ever had anything like that happen? Have you ever taken any jewelry in somewhere and been afraid that whoever was supposedly cleaning it or, or, or fixing it or doing whatever was going to give you something different than what you brought in? You mean outside of taking home my child? <laughs> I was going to say, to this day, my parents say I was a different baby right. before I left the hospital. <laughs> you know, as they were, they were taking. You know, that has to have happened. And what a what a tragedy that would be. That's know? why I had a, a sharpie in my pocket and and just put a big old line right on Sadie. <laughs> did you really? No. That's what no. Dwight Schrute says to do. <laughs> no, that's not what I did. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I put it between the first one? and second toe so the doctors don't know you put it there. Who's this kid with a big old J on their chest? <laughs> Hold on, hold that kid. I know you want to weigh this baby real quick. Let me just in the J there, and all right, go right ahead. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Although I don't know, if, I don't know. Took a took about a month for the sharpie to come off, but you know we knew it was ours. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, that was the story number one. The second story is this: Have you ever had anything in your possession that was much more valuable than you thought it was? Mm, no, I don't think so. I actually just, I, I, I have a story that goes with this that happened a okay. few days ago. Do you oh, remember yeah. those Radio Shack coin banks that were shaped like robots? 
Do you guys uh-huh. remember they were yellow and you push the hand down and it eats the coin? And, okay. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Uh, I found mine from when I was a kid and I just out of curiosity looked up. It's worth 50 bucks. I'm sure I got it for like $2 back in the late 80s and now it's worth $50. So it's not going to, you know, make me retire, but. No, but that's kind of cool. Have you guys ever seen the Antiques Roadshow show? Is yeah, when a, I need to sleep, that's what is I Is that a ripoff of Pawn Stars? <laughs> it's vice versa, but yeah. It's vice versa, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it on PBS or something? Anyway, uh, it's just, where, where people bring in their various items that they have, and, and then they get them evaluated, and sometimes they're just crap, and sometimes they find out that they're very valuable. That's what somebody did. They took a painting in uh, that they bought for pennies, and uh, found out that it was worth, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, and, and it was uh, painted by some really well-known artist. I forget the guy's name now. But I, I thought, how cool would that be to take something in that you think is just garbage and uh, and find out that uh, you're $50,000 richer? Uh, I, that would be so cool. You know, go through your attics. Go look. Jake... Go through your attic, see what's there, and then take it in. See what you might have. You might be sitting on a gold mine. Well, there's nothing in our attic. But my wife does uh, remind me we did find a dresser in our garage that would, uh, we got it restored. And when we did, the guy's like, uh, wow, this is an, an antique that's well over 100 years old. But we don't know how it's worth, how much it's worth. Did you like check no the lining to see if there's like an original copy of the Declaration of Independence in there? <laughs> no, but now that you say that, uh, maybe I should. Uh, yeah, dismantle that thing. Oh, I was going to say maybe I should hone my forging skills okay. and see if I. <laughs> I saw you that. Uh, I saw that documentary. Look what I, I found the... in this uh, antique dresser. I had the exact opposite thing happen to me once. I was at a. Uh charity function and they had an auction that's and and they were auctioning off this painting and i thought oh that's kind of a cool painting i wonder if it's really worth a lot so i bid i bid on it and i can't remember what i paid for it maybe 500 bucks or something like that and uh you know it was for a good cause so i took it home and i I still have it somewhere but i looked it up and i found out it wasn't worth anything Good. <laughs> what do you mean good? <laughs> I was I was really curious. I, in fact, I was so curious that I did. I Googled it, and I looked for the uh, for the for the uh, the artist. I've name always Googled, and I did find the artist's name, but I, I don't think this was anything any big deal. That was that was a sad moment for me. All right, Gordo, you enjoy your uh, afternoon and evening and uh, oh, and weekend. How about that? I'll catch you on Monday. Yeah, here we are. All right, we'll see what happens with the Jazz tonight. See if they can find a way to uh, to be Jake, who they really are. All right, Jazz pregame coming up next, 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. I don't even know what that means. I hate goodbyes. I won't have to work until Monday. Woo-hoo! All right, well, have a good weekend.